Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king, Espinal, and joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, Chris? Hey, what man. up, everybody listening? Oh, yeah. Also joining us, it is uh, our producer. It is Edgelord. Big news, Brian. What's up, nerds? Wow, wow, wow. I am very excited for today's show. Uh, we are back to talk some manga. I, uh, I'm very excited. We got uh, One Piece. We got all this stuff. So we got Jujutsu Kaisen back this week. That's a big deal. So let's not waste any time. And uh, let's get into plugs. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? At JDPole underscore 37. That's on Instagram. And at New Jump City Josh. That's on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Brian? You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Yes, you can. Uh, you can also follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, check us out on those platforms. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about, any uh, comments you have about the show itself. Let us know there. Or you can uh, hit us up on our YouTube page for the comment section of uh, the episode that you're listening to. Uh, we're still in pretty much audio only mode, but uh, I have been uploading to YouTube as well again. So uh, check us out on that if you prefer listening to the podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you prefer the audio version anyway, we're pretty much everywhere you get uh, audio podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Pandora, all of these places uh, we're available. So check us out on any of those platforms. Um, and I think that's it. Right. I think that's all for plugs. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into the show. Spoiler alerts ahead. One Piece. This is One Piece chapter 1083, The Truth of That Day. Um, last we left off, uh, Sabo has returned to uh, the headquarters of the revolutionaries, which is currently uh residing in kamabaka queendom which is uh even Kof's island uh and yeah uh it, it, he's about to get into what has been going on uh with what happened at the reverie uh for real uh which i was actually worried that we actually wouldn't get into right away but uh thankfully oda has been merciful in that department <laughs> he has uh gone into it directly um and uh, it starts off by Sabo saying that he has completed all his objectives. Uh, and uh, apparently he had three objectives uh, and reasons for being on the reverie. Uh, the first of which is to destroy the symbol of the celestial dragons, uh, which it is uh, as a declaration of war. Uh, and it is interesting. These are That symbol is the exact same one they brand 
slaves with uh, on this. Uh, so I'm wondering the significance of it. Um, but yeah, the basically is to pull uh, the straw hats on Annie's lobby and uh, destroy the symbol and declare war officially uh, against the world government. Uh, the second is to free as many slaves on Mary Joie as possible. Uh, and, you know, uh, specifically Kuma as well to return Kuma. Uh, and the third is to venture into the land of the gods and destroy their food stockpile. Uh, so apparently he managed to do all three of those things. Um, and, uh, the results as dragon has, uh, as we know, but dragon kind of recounts for us is that, uh, their influence in a dozen countries has, has increased, uh, and it ended in eight successful revolutions as we've seen. Uh, of course, one of those ended in pretty, in a pretty big tragedy as Lulucia was wiped out by Emu and, uh, and, uh, Uranus, not my anus. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, Dragon mentions that they don't, they're not going to write about it in the papers what happened, but, uh, you know, the seven countries have, are now under new leadership and have cut off the heavenly tribute that they paid to the government and stopped exporting natural resources. So they've definitely, uh, they definitely delivered a blow to the world government, uh, and, uh, they're they're pretty psyched about it. <laughs> uh, even Cuff specifically is like, you know, uh, Mary Joie is an impenetrable fortress because of its great ele elevation, but they have no defense against the lack of food. Let's see how you like living without money in the bank or dinner on the table. So, you know, they they really got him a little bit, you know. Uh, dragons like we we haven't cut off all of their supply lines, but you know they're they're gonna feel it a little bit um from here on out but uh dragon mentions that uh they're they definitely expect a retaliation from the world government as a result um as, if they mobilize the holy knights that's where the fighting is beginning because of course if one piece needed anything else it's another villain group <laughs> to contend with um, is that not the old people no that's not the five elders those are wow. all new characters Mm, nice yeah uh not the cp0 was not it nope <laughs> cp0 has been mostly ineffective <laughs> uh as we've seen and have turned coded yeah it's it's not good i mean uh, cp0 isn't like they're they serve a different purpose no oh. sir they're not. They're more. So? They're more like. They're not a fighting force time. primarily. They're they're an information uh, gathering. Yeah, the group. god, the holy knights, and also the holy knights were mentioned before. I mean, the god knights or whatever. I actually, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. I actually don't. I didn't remember them being mentioned before. They only got mentioned one other time during Wano, uh, when, um, Akaino was talking about, um, the the events that happened in Mary Joie. Mm -hmm. And they said that the Holy Knights were mobilized to take care of, um, remember that? Cause one of the, one of the fucking celestial dragons, let the, um, let the revolutionaries go or some shit or let, let, um, Don and somebody else go for attacking celestial dragon. 
I actually don't. I don't. I don't remember like the comment. I'm sure it uh, happened. Yeah, some <laughs> somebody just... tried to capture fucking Shirahoshi, and then. Uh, oh one of the yeah, no, I like, remember that. I remember one of the celestial dragons saved Shirahoshi. Yeah, and then um, the Holy Knights came in and they're like, "Yo, what's your fucking problem, dude? What's your problem, bro? <laughs> what's your fucking issue? You don't get in the <laughs> way of." Celestial dragons trying to oppress people, okay? Um but yeah, Eva is just like he he refers to Sabo as Flame Emperor boy. <laughs> He's like, you're the one they'll be after most of all. He's like, I'm still not feeling that name. Um Dragon mentions that uh the truth behind the assassination of King Cobra has turned you into a hero in the people's eyes. From the rebels' perspective, any king is an op. You know, uh, mm. no, no king is truly respected, but, you know, most of them are shitty, but there are some wise and just kings who are capable rulers and Cobra was considered to be one of them. So, you know, uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's unfortunate <laughs> that he was the one who had to go, but Sabo in a pretty cold, in a pretty cold line, he's like, well, I'm sorry to King Cobra, but that works for me. Anything that gets the flame of revolution burning and uh dragon's like i like that attitude you know uh i do too yeah he said i'm sorry vivi's dad but it had to happen i don't care <laughs> however it worked out Go yeah uh so basically they slapped down the newspaper uh of uh of cobra's assassination and sabo is pictured dead to rights next to uh, the corpse of King Cobra, and uh, they they asked uh, Sabo basically to tell his side of the story, and lo and behold, we actually get it. Uh, we cut to a flashback of what's going on, uh, what happened at the Reverie, and uh, it happened a month ago. Uh, of course, the revolutionaries have been, uh, you know, on on the loose, you know, causing havoc around uh, Marijua. We get to see uh karasu's ability as he comes in and and uh, rescues a former pirate slash current slave uh with his soot soot powers uh and yeah he he does some cool stuff uh lindenberg is doing his thing like a little rocket raccoon that he is uh doing stuff with his cool weapons and lasers um mm-hmm we see that Fujitora uh, actually takes de- takes on um, uh, Karasu himself, and meanwhile, uh, Morley, uh, the captain of the Western forces of the Revolutionary Army, is taking on Green Bull, uh, and you know they do a big fight. We actually get a little cameo of the rest of like the former CP9 members, uh, which I guess was nice. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to them uh for for a long time but i guess they're all part of cp0 now um they haven't really changed right yeah it was cool seeing them yeah they haven't really changed much in design except for uh fukuro uh he seems to have like um what's his face from the matrix uh morpheus glasses yeah he has the shades but they all are darning the right white suits we see jabra here uh gibbo man um but yeah it was cool to see them the the fighting commences and uh meanwhile sabo is looking for the 
collar key yet uh, collar key um that controls the uh you know explosive collars that are usually around slaves necks um and he, he notices that kuma has been moved to the pangea castle and uh he's tracking kuma's movements and he notices that uh uh charlos the worst of these celestial dragons it seems is still <laughs> looking for shirahoshi as if he hasn't learned his lesson from getting punched in the face several times for for acting up and we do see jewelry yeah, he's got fun on his head too he he's got he those are all like cannon wounds right yeah yeah was it can't no uh the other the uh don quixote celestial dragon beat the fuck out of him for trying to uh get to shirahoshi no right right what i'm saying is those wounds are canon oh yeah they're canonical yes <laughs> uh so that's happening uh jewelry bonnie is on the island of course uh looking for akuma um and we cut over to vivi who is being protected by luchi personally it seems um and uh vivi is just like i'm gonna go to ask vice admiral guard for help you can go uh, check out Shirahoshi because you know that Charlos is going to go after her again. And um, the chapter ends with uh, Cobra going to see the five elders and uh, the guards at the gate are basically saying that uh, his his guards, Chaka and Pell, uh, cannot pass that point. So, you know, Cobra's mm-hmm. like, ah, it's all right. You guys, you guys can just go and uh, watch over Vivi. I... I I'm worried about her, so you know I could speak to the elders on my own, and um, that's where this chapter ends. Um, wow, uh, fairly eventful, very informative. Uh, Josh, what did you think about One Piece chapter ten, uh, one thousand and eighty-three? Mm-hmm. Um, this this was my RGC for the week. Whoa. Same whoa Mm, i'm like so torn you don't have to decide right now i I, yeah i'll I'll put mine on hold but i'll give you guys a you can do regular rgc yeah do a you know just hey you make the rules yeah you know what i'm i feel like if it's not in my heart if it's not an immediate yes this may not be my really good chapter of the week but about the audience uh it is well. I did. I wanted to wait till later, but it is tied with another series. Uh, so okay. But uh, you, I'm gonna give it the uh, really good chapter of the week drop. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Go on. Okay. So I was really excited. I'm sure as all of us were, that they immediately got into uh, what Stavo was talking about. Even if we didn't get to like the really, uh, uh, how do I say, the, I guess the catalyst, like the plot catalyst for, for, for the state that the world is in, mm-hmm. you know, but we're, you know, I like that we're getting like a little flashback for it. You know, it's, it's you know, hopefully it'll last like another chapter or two. Um, like you said, it was cool to see like a bunch of characters returning um, from the revolutionary captains that I'm not going to hold you. I think are all dead. Um, no, they're the, there. The, um, they're all on the island. Oh, they are. Yeah, the you captains? saw. They're in the last chapter. They're there. They made it out. 
They all escape. That's nice. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was nice seeing the, uh, the old CP officers. Um, you know, I have a, a special connection to Komodori. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, yo, yo, we, we, we do here at New Jump City. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, and and with Monster Chopper, good times. So I just want to—I know you guys probably have other thoughts on the chapter, so I'm going to get specifically into like what made me think the most, which was like coming back around the topic of Cobra's death. Uh, which, if we go back to pages uh, five and six, where uh, what's a uh, what Dragon is you know discussing. Uh, how the world thinks that he killed Cobra and uh, your boy Sabo responds with Maros, whatever. <laughs> um, I could care less. It's, it's, it's helping. It's helping the, it's helping the plan. It's helping the process. So I just wanted to know, how do you guys personally feel about that? I want to start with Brian. Like, what are your thoughts on, on, on how Sabo feels about that? About Cobra's death? Yeah. I feel like Sabo is a lot more jaded than um than than I thought he was, you know? I guess mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes sense because, you know, revolutionaries aren't necessarily like great people either. Cuz mm. you know, you can't really be all sunshine and, like I have a sunshine and rainbows per like perspective on things if you're trying to bring about change in the world if you see that the world is like terrible right now and like you are trying to make a, a step for change so you can't really you know be like oh shit man he fucking died oh no like unfortunately Sabo's right like his death might actually you know spark something in people uh well, let me ask you this, if you don't mind me interjecting. Uh-huh. Um, what if what if it was one of the fellow revolutionary captains that died, and he had the same response? Do you do you would you have felt different, or do you think you would have felt the same? I think, as- I think the revolutionaries as a whole just believe that you know sacrifices have to be made. I think it's a I think it's fucked up, but I think I, that's just how they think. I don't think he would be as necessarily like cuz you know, the revolution like the flames of revolution the revolutionaries dying is not the same effect that them being framed for killing a king would have. You know, if a revolutionary mm-hmm. dies, I don't know how many people have that connection to a king. It's just like kind of a soldier going down. And I don't think Sabo himself would feel this way about any of the revolutionaries dying, especially, you know, seeing how emotional he is about Kuma. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, so, yeah. Right. So with that said, um, you guys, I remember we had a discussion about Cobra as a king and what he represents to his people and, and, and in the series. Right. And we don't have to rehash all of that, but. I remember you guys both kind of had like a, a the perspective that he is a good king that helped his people and was 
you know, had, had a, like, he was good for his people. You know, he wasn't like these celestial dragons. He, he, uh, he tried his best to, for, right, as far as I know, he tried his best to uh, make life better for citizens in his country. Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, Crocodile took over is where the country fell into hardship. Yeah. So I guess I, that's what I'm really trying to figure out. Like, as far as Sabo as a character goes, you know, how do you look at this situation? Do you feel like he's wrong for, you know, even though, yeah, strategically it helps the revolution, knowing that a member of nobility died? But do you guys look at him as like, man, like that was really like insensitive or. You know, what's funny about it is I don't I don't think it's particularly bad. I think it's Mm -hmm. interesting in the way that Cobra more than any other. Well, or most kings in the One Piece world is someone we spent a lot of time with. uh, Mm -hmm. And we know and, you know, is uh, has like is connected to the Straw Hats in a stronger way than most. I'm wondering how like this would. You know, like, in the way I think about it is how would the Straw Hats react to Sabo killing what is, like, someone who treated them well, and they know he's, like, on the up and up, and he's literally the father of one of their best friends. Um, I'm wondering if that's, like, a source of friction for them in terms of not... Because the Straw Hats aren't, like, particularly, like, politically minded, so they see Cobra as a friend. Right. Um, so I'm not going to think about it big picture wise, but I think like not this, for lack of understanding or, or intelligence, just because on an emotional level, right. And personal level, right. right? They, like sure they know the guy, they know sure the guy and they spent time with him. And after Alabasta, you know, he sheltered them from the Marines and Cobra. Ironically, the funny thing about Cobra dying is that he is the only like Alabasta is the only kingdom to have like backed out or like the Cobra, the Nefeltari family was the ones, mm-hmm. the only family that actively backed out of being celestial dragons when the world government was formed. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that I wonder, I wonder if that's like ever going to be seen as a little bit of a hypocritical move by the revolutionaries as mm. being like their assassination of the only king that didn't, partake in the or the only like royal family that didn't partake in the atrocities that the rest of the world government founders took part on but yeah that's a really it's really good point um and i wonder if they are going to explore explore that yeah it would be interesting i don't think sabo is particularly a bad person for thinking this way um you know these guys are fighting like they're they have uh a more noble cause in mind uh, you know, I think it definitely makes him more jaded, though. Yeah, sure. they. I mean, he also, you know, he doesn't have the same relationship with Cobra that the audience has or the Straw Hats have. To him, Cobra is just another king. Uh-huh. And in the revolutionaries' eyes, the world government is the enemy. Like they're different from pirates in that they're the on- they're like a group that is actively only targeting the navy and fighting uh-huh. the navy specifically. Whereas pirates mm-hmm. tend to just run afoul of the Navy and just become naturally enemies. These guys are aggressors towards like the military and the government and stuff. So it's a different relationship altogether. And, you know, we've seen how shitty the government can be. So I don't blame them for thinking this way, really. 
Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they went ahead and erased an entire nation because they oh, wanted to create their own, you know, they wanted to make their own decisions. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the One Piece government in particular is pretty foul. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, it really uh, makes sense for Sabo to feel this way. Um, mm -hmm. I think like the revolutionaries with the little we've seen of them are like one of the more interesting groups in the in the series in general. And it is mm -hmm. super cool to see more of them. But um, yeah, that's I think that's my answer to it. It's, it's a little so, complicated, but I don't think Sabo is like particularly evil or bad for thinking this way. I think complicated is is the word uh, for me, uh, for sure, for sure. So just to kind of respond to your thoughts and Brian's, I guess, uh, to a lesser extent, I do believe that this conflict is setting up. I, I, I don't... I think we're going to have conflict between the revolutionaries and the Straw Hats. But I think it's going to be for more reasons than just Popra's death. I think... I think there's going to... I think more things are going to happen in the future where, you know, they're not just running into, you know, Shanks and Blackbeard and Navy people, but also revolutionaries that may be counterproductive to what, uh, you know... The straw hats have to go through or the people they're trying to protect you know we'll we'll see you know I, those are just kind of what i feel like we, we we may see and i think that would be really interesting mm -hmm. um although i'm not gonna lie to y'all i'm really hoping that uh that, that's not the case and that you know luffy does if he does have any type of political thought to him not that he must but that he would kind of organically side with his father and the revolutionaries because that's you know their goal as well to allow to to give freedom to people to make their own decisions i um, yeah i think i think just naturally luffy is he's literally the god of freedom right now <laughs> right i think it uh it would be i think he would just i think he'd be if there is a conflict it would be for entirely different reasons I don't know what they would be, but I don't think he would have in any opposition to what they stand for. Exactly. I think it was, it's going to be a series of emotional occurrences. Like right. perhaps like maybe the, the, like, you know, the straw hats will be on the Island and the revolutionary, like maybe there'll be someone there, like one of the captains and they, maybe they're really cold towards the people and they're like, listen, some people got to die in order for this goal. You know, maybe something like that. I think that's really all right. I, I ain't gonna lie. I think that's a little corny or, or cliche narratively, but you know, this is older was speaking of, so I'm sure he can make anything um, more engaging. Yeah. Uh, but just, just, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts. Right. So um, when you say complicated, that's how I felt about the situation with Sabo and Cobra, because I, I do feel like inherently, you know, kings and and the government, they are, you know, the issue. But, you know, with, with Cobra, you can argue that he had to be in that position for his people so that they wouldn't, you know, be exploited further than, you know, what they already are handling from uh, the world government. You know, it, it's like, 
I've said in the past that, you know, regardless if he was a quote unquote good or wise king, you don't need to be in the position and live in the castle and be above anybody. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think, you know, I will say this. That's, that's weird to me. During Alabasta, uh, Cobra was willing to blow up the, his entire palace to save Alabasta. Yeah. Like without a second. Exactly. So, right. And that leads back to saying why, you know, the thoughts are complicated because with Sabo, I, I do agree with him and it's just, it's sad, you know, emotionally it sucks that he passed away. And, you know, I think we're going to figure, obviously the end of the chapter, we've seen them questioning Sabo, like, Hey, like, you know, you're, you're, you're our man's, but we we have some evidence here in the newspaper, and we we need you to break it down. So I don't know. I don't know. Luffy's not going to believe it. We well, have to it's find also out if Sabo actually did it or not. But I'm just that's saying, the thing. Though, like Sabo didn't do it. I think like what like Sabo's being framed, and I think Dragon in his mind is trying to hear the whole story, so he should, so so he can figure out if he wants to roll with that accusation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he Yeah, for sure. Cuz he's seeing that like Sabo's the the story of Sabo killing Cobra has sparked a lot of inspiration in other countries to rise up and 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 take control of their own countries. So I feel like and but he's in this complicated spot where Cobra is is different. He's like the only guy that's like kind of like that has that history with the world government and his family is not really involved with all that shit. So he has to know that it wasn't it, it wasn't fucking weird that he like that Sabo killed a, a, a king of such high regard before they can be like, OK, yeah, fine, we did it, you know, just to just to keep mm -hmm. that fire of revolution going you know right you and you can i mean i i just you have i you, i had the confidence in Sabo, and not even aside from the characters just narratively speaking if any kings were going to be assassinated it would be cobra yeah out of all of them mm -hmm. there's incentive there you know Sabo knows he didn't kill him so he has no reason to feel some type of remorse. It was unfortunate given who he was character-wise, but, you know, ultimately he was a part of and represented something that they're trying to take down as nice as he was, mm -hmm. you know, and regardless of the circumstances. Right. Because he's out here fighting and, and, and risking his life. Mm -hmm. So it's all the same. Yeah, that's what's interesting guess, about you know, it too. Because if you remember way back in like that one intermission from Wano, the five elders before before all this happened met with Emu and asked him if there's a light, what light he wants them to snuff out. Mm -hmm. So I think like they probably chose Alabasta, and the killing of Cobra is the first step in doing that, and just like wiping out that family line. When you guys called it, hmm? when did you guys called it too? I think a lot of people called it. I, f I feel like that's not like such a huge leap to make. Cause like, we already know that the, that Alabasta is looked as different because of the Nefeltari family's like distance from the original 20 founders. 
and mm-hmm. their and their hesitancy to become celestial dragons. So it's between them and Fishman Island, who are not necessarily who have just like been inducted into the world government right now and are not very highly looked upon. Right. So, you know, it could have been only one of those two because the other kings seem to be in line. With now, we are leaning, we are leaning towards uh, Alabaster again. Yeah, Alabaster was the most. And I wonder if Crocodiles don't feel some kind of way about that. I don't think Crocodile has any emotional stake in He's not from Alabaster? No. No. He only only tried to take it over because there was rumors that... um, Pluton was there. Pluton was there. But no, it's actually on one. Not even close. <laughs> he did even. Not even close. Not nope. even in the same zip code. No, he had to go under a whole nother wall to get to the Pluto. He was in off. twenty years. He was off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, was uh, was uh, there anything else you wanted to talk about, Josh? No, just ultimately, I think Sabo is perfectly um, rational and yeah, and reasonable. Makes sense. And, no, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, the the word I'm looking for, uh, right or wrong, conscious. These are all um, these are all similar words to what I'm looking for. Morally speaking, mm. he's 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 right at this. It is unfortunate that he that that he died. But overall, a good thing. Brian, any other leftover thoughts about the chapter? Um, so, there's been a lot of chatter. Ooh. There's been a, quite a lot of chatter. Um, when the Holy Knights are brought up, you see the silhouettes, right? Yeah, I know what this, where this is going. <laughs> I don't, actually. You see, I need to go. Josh, what page? Um, fuck. Uh, four. Page four. If you direct your attention to page four at the mm-hmm. panel with the Holy Knight silhouettes, there is a one that looks not even, <laughs> not even extremely similar. Just a very small fucking chance. That one of them kinda, sorta, maybe a little bit looks like Shanks. There's no way. The guy in the front with the sword. Only because the I no. think the sword is the only defining characteristic. Because only Shanks has been seen with a sword like that. No, you 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 uh you underestimate Oda's lack of creative character design when it comes to coolness when it comes <laughs> right. to weird shit he can he can create you know uh, endless abound of characters but for his arch- archetypal coolness they're all similar <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed yeah so the actually what's really like the theory is that it's not Shanks it's Shanks's one of Shanks's family members. They're saying that this is a member of the Figurland family. I don't know who the fuck the Figurland family is. I know they were mentioned in the most recent One Piece movie. The Figurland. That's... Yeah, the Figurland mm. family. 
which may have ties to the celestial dragons to some extent, perhaps. I don't know. This one's not very <laughs> this one's not very fleshed out, but mm. people people believe that Shanks has a connection with the Holy Knights. Which is why he's able to so freely uh do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, like go into Mary Joie and meet with the Gorosei, you know, um inter intercept fucking um Yanko on behalf of the mili- uh, of the navy like he's done a lot mm-hmm. of things for both sides you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and he might just be getting away with it mainly because of his t- family ties i'm can i be real with you for a moment so, yeah this sounds like an agenda <laughs> <laughs> that is just a cope by people with agendas I, I, yeah. I drop. <laughs> that sounds like an agenda from 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 uh, Shanks fans that need more. That just need more than than what we've been given. They got a little a taste. hockey man. You mean a, a fighter who relies on hockey? They they got a little taste, and they're like, you know what? Let's expand this lore <laughs> more. Let's, he has there's a whole family of hockey men, and and they're all cool and swag. And all a hockey man arm for somebody else, and and they're all at the end point. I am a Shanks fan, by the way, but I do not have Uzumaki genes. That is just a cope by people with agendas. I'm a, I'm a regular a person. Cope. I'm a regular dude. Okay, not one of those. Yeah, like Brian apparently, and these theory crafters. <laughs> Uh, also, I'll say this. Oh, sorry. I think, I think it's highly unlikely, but the theory kind of tracks enough that I can't really count it out entirely. But I, in my heart of hearts, I don't really think it's Shanks because I think like the world government can be pussy sometimes. So if Shanks pulls up to Marijuana, I feel like the Gorosei would be treading lightly. They wouldn't want to just like fight him. And they know that he's not reckless enough that he's just gonna cause trouble like that. I feel like they have kind of an understanding. And some relationship, obviously. They can like talk. But I don't know if he's a holy knight. There's, yeah. there's, there's so it's much. Either he's related know, to the Holy Knight, or he has some connection to them. What is his goal, man? You know, what Shanks? is, what is his plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of. We don't know. There's we a lot of know. people whose plans we don't know. Like we don't really even know how the revolution, how the revolutionaries are going to go by about what they want to do. There's still so much we don't know about Dragon. I don't know anything about Dragon. Yeah, and we don't even we know, know what their goals are. Though. yet. We know what their but goals we know, are. We know what we, their goals are. But we don't know. We like, don't know what Shanks' goals are, dude, other than to indirectly help Luffy from time to time, and dude, also Scott. How are we going to get into what what fucking Shanks' motives are before we get into Bogard's motives? Who the fuck is that? Wait, wait, <laughs> wait a second! You're telling me you don't know about fucking Bogard? Chris, help me. 
Dude, nice, this dude. guy is a fucking... Chris, come on, help me out here. I you know, know Bogart. Send me a rap, Bogart. please, man. Chris, you know Bogart, right? I don't know. Chris? I don't know. Wait, you don't know... Wow. Oh my god, you guys are so uncultured. Oh god. <laughs> Who's vote? This is not your RGC. This is not your RGC this week at all. You yeah, guys connected are telling with One me. Piece is, is weak this week. You guys are telling me that you are big fans of One Piece and you don't know about one of the most important characters in the series. I smoke weed seven days a week. His name What's Christian's excuse? Smoke weed every day. I wish I had that as a drop. What's Chris's excuse? I actually don't have one. I think Brian's capping. Oh. No. Capping and lying like Jesse Schmulet? <laughs> That's <Bogart>. crazy. <laughs> I, you know what? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let me educate you guys real quick. Oh, God. It's got to be all dramatic about it. <laughs> Bogard is Garb's right-hand man. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the community has been rampant with... <laughs> With, there has been an upwards trend in Bogart theories lately. That's really funny. I don't know why. Because I'm I looking at, I, did, I never knew his name, but I know this guy. He's always next to Garp. <laughs> he, he is he is theorized to be as strong as uh, Garp. He is a master swordsman. <laughs> and... Uh, there have been rampant theories that he is the leader of S.W.O.R.D. and working in close relation to the Re Revolutionary Army. You're telling so, me... You're telling me that this guy who's, whose strength rivals that of the greatest hero of all time isn't going to be more relevant? Yeah. No, you're right. I feel like Bogart's going to be relevant. Listen, all I'm saying is, if we don't get a Bogart backstory before we get into Shanks, then I'm going to drop this series. Mm. Those are big words, Brian. Well, I got to yeah. stick to them. It I sounds like you standards. will be dropping the series. You, I mean, Brian, there's, a, there's literally a 95% chance you're dropping the series. And Chris is giving you breaks there. I am giving I'm you breaks on the right fact now. that Oda will make a backstory for anybody. I'm calling it right now. We will get an extensive, several-page-long Bogart backstory. Some big words. Featuring Bogart. And if we what, don't... What, what, what I got to do if that's true? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Brian's going to win this bet because there's going to be a Garp flashback in which Bogart is heavily featured because he is... An right account. Hmm. <laughs> No, no, no. It's all going to be about Bogard. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's a You're gonna name your child Bogard. front and center backstory. <laughs> you heard that, Brian? What? Uh, I said you're going to name your child Bogard. Bogard? Yes, I am. And I'll be proudly doing that, too. Yeah, this is recorded, bro. Yeah. That should forever. be a draft. Don't sleep on Bogard. Okay. I'll write it down so I don't forget. Okay. You'll remember the name. You'll uh, remember cool. the name Bogart. Well, those, are those all your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, that's all my thoughts. Um, I think uh, we've discussed a lot of One Piece. The only thing I had, like, a thought that came to me is that I really wonder what Dragon thinks about 
Luffy and his new fruit abilities. Does he know about it? He don't give a fuck about it. That's it. Yeah, right. Because I'm like, Dragon has been that, fairly that unimpressed by. Like, uh, he's been fairly unimpressed by anything Luffy does. I mean, it's because you know Luffy's not really on the same course as him. Yeah, but I'm sure if I'm sure if Dragon knows about the history, then he knows about Luffy's fruit. I'm knows sure he knows about Luffy's fruit. I'm almost positive, but I'm wondering but like every you... time, every time Dragon talks about Luffy, it's kind of like he he's waiting for something. You know, it's not like he's, it's not like he's um like eager to meet him ever, or like. You know, he takes an interest in him whenever something happens. No, he's just waiting for something for a specific moment. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm very fascinated to see what that dynamic would be because you know they're gonna meet. I so, feel like they're far. They're a lot. Even though on paper they don't they don't seem very similar, they I feel like have a lot more in common than you know. They're no, I know they do. I know they have a bunch in common. I'm just so. Because every time, like, we've seen Dragon kind of, like, talk about Luffy or be spoken to about Luffy, he's always like, yeah, that's cool, I guess. But he is always standing on a balcony facing the direction that Luffy is in. Is that true? Is that a fact? Yeah, no, that actually is a thing. Uh, geometrically correct? Yeah, like, uh, there's there was a... I forget where it happened, but there was a time when um, fucking even coughed came up and he was like, yo, Dragon, you like always stand up here facing in that direction all the time. Is that the direction that Luffy's in? And then That's Dragon's... Cute. Huh? That's cute, I guess. Yeah, and he just like stands Just there. checking on my boy. Just staring at my boy from five million miles away. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just so fascinated in the dynamic and what he thinks about the Nika fruit because everybody's like the government's freaked out. So I think he would have an interest in anything the government is freaked out about. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah, knows yes. the government's freaked out though. <laughs> I feel like that would be the proudest that Dragon has ever been of his kid. He's like, oh my boy freaked out the government real bad. Hmm. My seed. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's that's the only other thought that we haven't really talked about here. I, I thought this chapter was great. Um, it was cool to see the revolutionaries do their thing and go up against admirals without fear. Pretty cool. Why didn't the revolutionaries attack um, Marineford during the war? Um, Wouldn't that have been like their, their shot? No, because like, you know, I don't know how much you accomplished just adding on to that. I feel like their battle is more ideological than anything. Than, than simply like physically punching Marines. I think like they're trying to go after the big fish, which are the celestial dragons. Agreed. But yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say about One Piece. Fantastic yeah, chapter, thanks. as always. So glad that it's not off again this week but i'm sure this will be it <laughs> i'm sure we're coming up on a break i know it <laughs> um but i am very excited to get to to read it next week so excited one piece has been so cool uh um, yeah, bogart fan club stand up yeah let's go bogart fan club 
Um, but uh, is there anything else you guys want to uh, add before we move on? Go Bogard. All right. Then uh, let's move on to the next chapter. Hmm. My hero, Academia. This is My Hero Academia, chapter 388, Toya. Um, last we left off, uh, lots of stuff was going on with Toya. Uh, he is burning his way over towards uh, the shelters that the heroes have uh, have created for themselves. Um, and Endeavor is the only one to really stop him. Um, as he's trying to stop him taking a massive fire beating, uh, he is noticing that uh, in, in basically at death's door, Dobby's, or Toya rather, uh, his ice quirk has started to activate within himself. And uh, he has finally decided, you know what? I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to boost you up into the sky and I won't let anybody else get hurt because we are a fucking traumatic family. Um, and as he was uh, boosting himself up to do that, uh, Ray, the mother of all the Todoroki children, has appeared uh, to help out using her ice abilities uh, to cool down Toya. Uh, and this chapter starts out in uh in the evacuation system uh where the heroes have been uh contending against uh the spies that all for one has embedded within the uh evacuation system uh we see um i forget her, uh kendo her name is right yeah oh thank god i nailed that because i like kendo kendo uh is <laughs> basically like blast hand blasting these guys um and everybody is escaping the eva evacuating the evacuation uh, pods to, uh, I guess, manually walk their way to the next stop. Uh, they arrive at a rooftop um, as it's all raining. The citizens are all up there um, and they notice the big fiery explosion that is Dobby going on over there. And um, the Todoroki family specifically noticed this. And uh, basically make their way. These robots pull up and are like, hop aboard. So I guess <laughs> for some reason they decide to take them, uh, take Ray to the epicenter. And uh, the robots say, uh, she basically commands them, like, take me to the epicenter of that big old, uh, uh, my, my son explosion. And uh, the robot goes, we exist to serve humans' desires. I'm like, all right. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, and as it gets incinerated, I guess this fucking machine dies. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's taking quite the punishment. Yeah, it's that's not. For sure. It's not doing great. Uh, like the Terminator. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Ray. We cut back to the present, and Ray is trying her best to basically freeze Toya. Um. But it's not working. His fire is just too overwhelming, and it is burning her to a crisp as well. But uh, forehead is done. Ooh, it's not good. It's not looking good right now. Ugh, that's brutal. Imagine your forehead peeling like that. Eesh. Yeah, her forehead's forever gonna be grilled and fried. <laughs> nice fried forehead, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, basically. As uh, this is happening, Toya also notices that Natsu and Fuyumi are in the background as well, using their 
ice powers to supplement her ice powers. And, uh, you know, they're getting closer and trying their best to also cool them down. Um, I think Natsu, does Natsu have the mom's abilities as well? Because I'm, I'm not, I know that the sister always did. I'm not sure if, if Natsu also. Natsu, I think also okay. has ice powers. So, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know either of them. Um, uh, I knew Fuyumi had it. Toya, Toya and Shoto are the only ones to inherit fire, I believe. Mm. Um, so yeah, the family just gets closer and closer. Uh, and the chapter ends with the fa- this visage of uh, the family kind of coming together uh, and embracing Toya to uh, to a degree. Ma- a crazy short chapter of My Hero, only 12 pages, uh, but uh, eventful nonetheless. He, uh, he must be drawing up a fucking storm for the next chapter. I think, I think like, Hir- Horikoshi was actually sick for a time. That's why he took a couple weeks off. And uh, these chapters are usually at least like a week or two ahead done. So this might've been the chapter that, you know, he was working on when he got sick and he just kind of cut it short so he could recover. That's my thought anyway. But um, anyway, Josh, what did you think about my hero academia chapter 388? Um, I didn't feel the same emotional toll uh, with this chapter as I did last week, but it was still uh, good nonetheless. I was really happy to see um, the kids pull up and show their ice powers and not be regular people. Nice. Um, but they're also victims of in inbreeding and stuff. So they're not inbreed. They're not inbred. You're right, but their bloodline is part of their bloodline is very weird. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was crazy seeing the mom go by top. <laughs> and then he showed in Deva's face. And, you know, he doesn't have any features anymore. It's just eyes, nose, and teeth. You know? Yeah, he's a skull. You'll, you'll, you'll know him as that. Like he'll forever be the red skull moving forward. Yeah, a fucking ghost rider. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, right, until right, Aerie reverses <laughs> all the damage. Mm, that's a thought. Mm, that's something to think about. That would be a really nice. Might be end the series, of the day. The series ends with Aerie reversing time on the entire planet. Yeah, yeah. But maybe Endeavor. Maybe Endeavor just keeps his his face like that. Maybe. Don't do me. I'm. I gotta repent. Don't fix my scar. This. Don't fix my my burn face and my scar. <laughs> this is this is who I am, like Todoroki. <laughs> oh, is that the poetic thing? Nah, I have a full burnt face. Yeah, I guess that's poetic. For his sins, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I hope I hope the family freezes everybody and they turn into an iceberg hugging, and but they survive it. Yeah. Like a hugging icicle. Yeah, I feel like uh, Shoto is going to come in and, and do that. He has the capability to do the iceberg thing. Yeah, but but not kill them. No. Yeah, just say the either going to pull up real quick. Oh, you know what? Um, I wonder when they was looking at the massive fire, if it's blue. Because that's sick. I can't wait to see that in anime. Yeah, if, I think if, it would be blue. Was, if we... 
if there's going to be some color pages, it should have been this week or next week with showing that big fire blue. I need to see that. We're being robbed of um uh, 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 an artistic masterpiece. Mm. Agreed. Brian? <clears throat> well, first things first, I want to talk about how much I didn't like Dobby's Awakening. Whoa. I thought <laughs> it was a little corny. Not going to lie. We addressed that last week, too. I thought and that's this what was... I hear from Brian, though. I thought this is a weird way for it to come out. And I feel like I think it was like 900% more interesting with the fact that, you know, Dobby was more of a fucking like failed pro like seen as a failed product compared to, to, to Shoto, who is mm -hmm. like the perfected product of, uh, of Endeavor. And now just giving him fucking ice ice quirk like an ice quirk this late and just making him be like oh yeah look at me i'm hot and cold too now it's just so like i don't know it just doesn't feel right at least not the way that they're presenting it now and now getting into this chapter i don't know reading it again it's you know it's a little bit better than last chapter i guess i just feel like I don't know. This is the best part. Like this arc is the best part of uh, my hero. Like when it comes to like Endeavor and his storyline. But I don't know. It feels like it's not hitting as hard for some reason. And I don't know why. Um, I never thought I'd be on this side, but I guess in defense of my hero, I think, <laughs> um, I think like uh, Toya's thing is that he inherited the uh susceptibility like the the weakness of ice to fire without the ice and i feel like that has just been the ice quirk all along it's it's been dormant and i think i i didn't think of it that way in that regard where i was like it's probably dormant but and the other thing that saves it is that it's not necessarily like he's mastered ice it's just like instinctually it's there and it exists and it's the only thing pretty much keeping him alive for this long. But I understand what you mean as well. I, Josh had this, had a similar thought last week as well. Well, yes. Similar, not similar, exactly. But I thought, well, all right. So I, my thing was, um, I, I said that usually I would, I would, roll my eyes at something like that, especially in my hero academia, because it seemed very mad last minute -y. And um even though we've had this, that happened to president for it before, like with Burke's awakening or manifesting, you know, uh uh in times of struggle and of, of high pressure, you know, they introduced it in such a way that, oh, this is something that gets the that that develops when there you're about to die. Like literally when you when when you are moving on to the other plane of existence, I guess, aside from divine quirk intervention or something like that. But <laughs> anyway, look, 
I think aside from the sudden nature of it, I thought that it was more poetic narratively um, than anything else. And that's why it worked for me, Brian, because like Chris said, technically he always had that ice aspect of him. And I don't think it was about him becoming this ice and fire guy to Todoroki's like, like, I don't think it was Endeavor realizing, oh my God, you look what you could have been or something like that. I think it was him like accepting that he, like this monster is a product of him and, you know, and, and what his mother created, which was even more powerful by the fact that she came at the end willing to like, you know, destroy her own body because she, you know, it was, she was accepting like, this is, this is our responsibility. And I thought it was shown through the quirk manifestation because all the ice allowed was for him to kind of survive up to a point where he can turn into this bomb. It was all about narrative. And I, so I feel like it was, like I said, done well emotionally. So I am really surprised he wasn't feeling it. Cause they Actually, even had the explanation in the beginning about the bloodline. So it's like that dormant, having that, a strong dormant ice power makes sense for their family too. Actually, now I think about it, and now you guys bring it up, I guess it is like an interesting, also another interesting um, idea that um, if Endeavor were, you know, if Endeavor were more patient with him, with, with Dobby, and treated him more like a son, and like, you know, mentored him and brought him up, regardless, he he would have become like the son that he always wanted, you know? Yeah, I was I just think thinking that. that too. Yeah, I was just yeah, thinking I, that. I, I agree with that. I was about to say that, like, it's not the main idea, but I think there is a touch of irony there. Is that all along that endeavor? It is kind of like um, a symbol for like, like he was the son that you always wanted just by being your son. You know, like. But you was an asshole. Yeah, you were. You were an asshole. <laughs> if you weren't an asshole, you were abusive. Um, um, you know, neglective and insensitive, like, and, and you and you led your son like down the path to destroy himself. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a mix of a lot of things. There was even a moment where they had that flashback. I know guys were rehashing last week's, but I, it was that good of a chapter. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they even had a little flashback with a whole bunch of different panels, and I think it kind of encompasses the point we're making here where it's like, it was such a wide range of, of, of factors leading into what happened in the circumstance they're in now. And this was Endeavor's moment. This is their family's moment, I guess, to come together and, and try their best to repent. Mm-hmm. It's working for me. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's working for me also. Um, you guys won me over a little bit, but I don't know. Still, something feels wrong. Maybe because the series should be lasted for like five more years, and we shouldn't <laughs> be at this point yet. That's why you feel weird, bro. No, I think it's also in part of the way that Dobby was written a little bit. I in this chapter, I feel like he was much better. But I don't know. I don't know how much. Like, sure, he's kind of lost his mind and shit. 
But I feel like, you know, there was probably a better way for him to go about writing Dobby losing his mind rather than having him kind of revert to being a child again. I don't know. Maybe I think the child thing that makes sense, but I think the child thing tracks kind of because he is like gone at this point, like mentally, like he is at death's door pretty much. I feel like his mind happened so fast. I guess so. Um, I mean, I think I thought like when he did his initial heel turn where he first revealed Toya, he was a little like dramatic about it. (laughs) Um, you know, that, uh, but in this, I think it makes sense because he's almost not even a person. He is a charred individual currently. Um, so I, I let it slide a little bit where he is not even cons- even like comparative to before. He is for sure not in his right mind currently as his brain is cooking. Yeah. I just hope that I just wonder what they're trying to do with his character. Like, is he also, is he just like, um, like, uh, like, is his character arc similar to Endeavor's where, like, you know, they both are, like, going to end up trying to, like, repent for what they did? Like, is that, is that how Endeavor's storyline is going to end? Is, like, both of them walking down the path of redemption together? I think so. I mean, you know, they're, I think like Like, Endeavor, like in terms of the interpersonal thing, I think Endeavor owes Toya a lot more than the other way around. Uh, I think it is a road that they could both walk down together, I guess. But I just wonder what they're planning for him. Like, what is his like resolution to his story? Like, is he going to make a sacrifice play to save somebody? Yeah, I don't like, know. I feel like... Is he going to die with Endeavor? Like, what are they planning with him? Yeah, I don't know. I have a, fe- I, I, I have a feeling Toya is not making it out. I, I just have a distinct feeling that him and Endeavor are going to die in some way together. Whether it's them going to All for One or Shigaraki themselves and delivering a big explosion attack together uh but for whatever reason i'm thinking maybe toya doesn't make it out of this but i could be wrong about that obviously i don't know where they're going with toya you know i think like that's part of the fun because i didn't i've never known i feel like this was just like one of those things that's very difficult to write because it is a very heavy subject matter and there's like they could there's a myriad of ways to go about it so, you know, with this story in particular, I'm like, Horikoshi, take the wheel. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like he's done effective enough job so far that I'm like, I, I think he knows where he wants to end up. And uh, I think he'll get us there at some point. All I know is that Todoroki, well, Shoto is going to play a, a big role in the conclusion of this uh of this story because he is on the way with a fucking one speedy boy (laughs) yeah expedited delivery (laughs) but that's all that's all i got uh i don't have much more actually now i think about it he (laughs) 
surprisingly, Ida also has a little bit of a tie hey, to this. Brian, that's what I said last week. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, uh, you know, I feel like uh, to- Ida is like kind of the inverse of the Todoroki family where they're all, they've got a pretty healthy dynamic. Ida's also got a brother thing going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, there might be a parallel tide there. I think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that they're paired up. Yeah, that they're both coming. Mm-hmm. And then Ida is the one who actually saves Toya and the Todoroki family. That will probably be surprising. True. True. Yeah, you are very ambitious. Ida, Ida <laughs> takes them to family counseling. He picks them all up and runs them into a therapist office. That would be crazy and probably warranted. Illusions of grandeur. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have much Brian more. What? I said Brian is schizophrenic. That's crazy. The voices. The voices. Um, the voices that tell them that my hero academia will be coherent. Uh, I've been the one who's the most critical this week. I, don't I know, know it's pretty crazy, huh? I'm sure it'll change next week. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say really either. Uh, obviously, a very short chapter, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, I think. Um, you know, I feel like this is a kind of... Uh, no fault to really Horikoshi in general. I feel like this was like one of the chapters that he was making while he was sick or something. So, uh, can't be helped. He got a lot done in that time. I guess we got, I think the robot thing was a little weird. (laughs) This is like, why, how did the robot know to come get them? I think it was just, Brian, how did you feel about the robot? I think the robot was just like one to 10. It was just a service robot. That's there to escort people. And uh-huh. um, it just follows voice commands, and I guess it just brought them to where they wanted. So, to on go. a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about <laughs> the rescue robots? I mean, I, I, I'm okay with them. I didn't really care much. Would yeah. you say a five? It was sad that it died. Oh, okay. No, you know why I'm bugging. All right. Maybe a you six. know what the the robots make sense. I guess. I'm I'm just sad that. The, that robot died. It was like, no, yeah. This robot was like they they mentioned that like you know if they mount them they're supposed to give them directions, but like why would you yeah. entrust the citizens to do that? Well, maybe it's just easier that way. Maybe. Uh, I mean, typically most people are gonna run away from da- from danger. I guess so. Not towards it. So yeah. they just trust that you know. Regular civilians fight or flight instinct is correct. Yeah, they, they, I guess they don't expect them to dive headfirst into a supernova with their <laughs> million dollar robots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all yeah, I got. I mean, you know, it wasn't really a make or break thing. It was just, I guess, like a thought. If I were to bring up something that we haven't talked about, I guess the robot thing felt weird for a second, but then it made sense, I guess. But I'm good. Uh, do you guys have any other uh, thoughts before we move onward? Nope. All right. Let's get uh, let's get moving to the next chapter. Bitches get shot. It get heavy. Um, gra. Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> this is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter two hundred and twenty-two. Four tokens. Um, 
Last we left off, Gojo was freed. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, he's back. Uh, he put the very beats. very cool. He beat the he put the beats on a roommate, and uh, basically they ba- they uh, the uh, he made plans with the antagonists of the series, uh, to go to showdown at noon, so to speak. Um, they're going to fight on Christmas Day. And uh, everybody disperses, I guess, to uh, to get their shit together. Um, we open this chapter with uh, Urume feeding the remaining fingers of Sukuna to Sukuna himself. Uh, they've gotten all but one, basically, because uh, Gojo has the last finger on him. Um, and uh, Urume's like, I'll sh- I shall accept whatever punishment is necessary. And Sukuna's like, it's fine. Uh, you weirdo. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, I think uh, I like uh, Sukuna says that like Gojo definitely has the last one because he figured that like the whole point of having Itadori eat all the fingers is to postpone his execution, and he probably held on to the last one to postpone it as much as he possibly could. So makes sense. It's an indefinite hold, and um, you know. Rumi is not very happy about that, but uh, Sukuna is like, it's fine. I can compensate for one digit. And uh, the mummified body of Sukuna, as I said last time, uh, Sukuna reaches for it and he's like, hmm, did Ken, can Jaku or Tengen do this ironically? Or, and he goes to munch on his mummified skull. Uh, it's so that's, that's going to be. That's going to be interesting. Real quick, if Sakuna's right here that Gojo does have the last finger, then I think this might be a death flag for Gojo. It might be. I mean, he's about to eat his entire body, I guess. It's not because of that. I think it's because, you know, Gojo, that shows that Gojo is always looking out for his students, right? Mm-hmm. And he's currently possessing like his boy, like his his surrogate child at this point, or his surrogate little brother. Yeah. So the odds that he wins this fight without having to kill uh, Megumi at the same time is extremely low, and Sakuna knows this. Well, I think Gojo would do it though. I don't think so. I think he would. I feel like I think Gojo is going to go into this fight. Like obviously he's going to try to win, but he's going he's not going to try to kill. He's going to well, he's, going, he's going to hesitate for one split second and that split second is going to be enough for Sukuna to kill him. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I don't know. Like Gojo the man who has literally all of time in his control essentially uh slips up one second and that costs him his life. That's what I think. Mm. Counterpoint. Gojo just wins. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen would do that. I feel well. like he would, but I don't think he's I don't think he's like that. I don't think he's like sure he if he wasn't possessing Megumi this would be a free fight for Gojo. I think Gojo wins. 
but he's possessing Megumi. So I think this is going to play a big role in this. Mm. Like, I think Sukuna might just let Megumi free for just a moment, just to throw Gojo off and then repossess him just to kill him. That's possible, but I don't know. Something in my gut is like just being like, I feel like Gojo is, although he does have like an affinity to care for his students and, and, and his friends and all that stuff, I feel like he understands that Megumi is more than likely far gone at this point. And even if he wasn't, just just having uh, fucking Sukuna so fucking powerful in his body is probably just too big a threat to even consider it. Here's another possibility. And this is... All right, I'm going to preface this by saying that this is as out there as it could possibly get. As absolutely astronomically out there. Like fucking 10,000 galaxies away. But they make it a point that there are multiple people who could surpass Gojo, right? So mm-hmm. what if... To save Megumi, Gojo allow Gojo allows Sukuna to possess him, so that everybody can band together to kill Gojo with Sukuna in his body. Wow. Wait, can you say that again? That what if, crazy. in an effort to save Megumi, he allows Sukuna to possess him? to allow Sukuna to possess Gojo so that everybody who is said to possess, uh, to to surpass Gojo all bands together to beat Sukuna and kill him within his own body, right? Hmm. Like, to to finish off Go to finish off Sukuna by killing himself. That would be out there. But that wouldn't happen, right? I don't think I think it's unlikely. I think I think it tracks, but I'm also like I don't know about that one. <laughs> Maybe he'll create like a binding valve with Sukuna, like I'll allow you to have my body, but you have to go with Megumi and you need to and you can't kill them directly or something like that. You know what I, I mean? I feel like Sukuna uh, wouldn't take that'd it. That'd be too easy. I think Sukuna's done with binding vows with his enemies. Well, anyway. Anyway, uh, you're anyway. right. So, uh, as as uh, Sukuna is nomming on his mummified body, um, we see that uh, Ghetto is just like on the highway somewhere with a single old style TV and a and a game system connected to it. And a couch. I think that's literally the calling game. I think that's like that's the physical manifestation of it. Oh, I guess that is a map inside there. Yeah, there's a game console. That makes me think that. Oh. It's like, oh, is that is that just the calling calling game? Um, like Greed Island. Yeah, it's, it's a Greed Island. Uh, so Kogane reveals that uh, after 19 days, 61 players who have not entered the calling game. Uh, died from curse technique removal. Um, and uh, Geto, not Geto, Kenjaku asks, did they fear being killed? And he's like, no, I doubt their re- reasons were so instinctual because, you know, I guess 
the uh, the rule that Higurama added allowed them to avoid both, I guess. I'm not really sure about what they really mean. But yeah, I actually didn't understand that too much either. Yeah. Isn't Higurama the... Um, Higurama's the lawyer. The, uh, the lawyer, right. He he created a rule? Yeah. Um, you remember when Itadori first fought him and uh, they made... They asked him to create a rule with his 100 points. Oh, that 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 you could survive by transferring points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the point rule where um, you can survive by transferring points. But there, that still doesn't deal with the fact that like players had to enter in order to in order yeah. to not die. So I think they're referring to those players specifically. Okay. Um. But yeah, I guess I guess they're basically saying that like, you know, people a, a lot of potential sorcerers died, um, and uh, the people of this country believe that their reality is stable, even though the lives are always on the brink of ruin. Um. So you know. I feel like they didn't they're they didn't have the motivation to really like even try to fight for their lives is what they're saying here. Um and you know, because they didn't really have a hope of a future because the world's so fucked up. Um so yeah, that was a bit of a confusing conversation, I guess, in a sense, but uh we cut back over to Gojo and uh he is with the uh the healer uh lady and um the weird his friend his driver friend Ichiji Ichichi sorry um and this is where they actually tell him about Nanami because he wasn't he he by the time Nanami died he was inside the box already so he didn't know Nanami died um so you know uh Ichichi uh, apologizes and uh he was like, why do you got to be sorry for? He's like, oh, I thought you were implied that why did he die and not me? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he tells them, it's like, hey, you guys still have a big job to do. Stay sharp. Um, and then uh, Eno walks in um, and uh, he has something to say about Nanami. He removes Oof. his. He's one of the sorcerers from the from Shibuya. Uh, I forget his technique exactly, but it was like a blood art one. Hmm. No, that's not the blood art. Kid. No, I I, uh, I don't remember. Uh, if you want to look it up, Brian, what's his name? Uh, Eno. Uh, I don't remember what his. I remember his fight because I read Shibuya fairly recently. But um, oh, I remember this. He's the guy. hat guy. He's like the mask. Yeah, I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see what he's. He was like Nanami's student, basically. Like mm. before Itadori, he was like Itadori's senior. Auspicious beast summon. Yeah, he had this other thing with like. He has like spiral like horns, and he could fire horns. Yeah, but he has he has to have his face covered, which is why he wears that mask. I think. Yeah, yes, yeah, his face is covered in some of these panels. Yeah, like part of the conditions of his technique is that his face has to be covered. It's kind of cool. Uh, his fight was dope in the in the Shibuya arc. Um, but. Anyway, we cut back uh, over to Mei Mei, who is watching uh, Itadori train, I guess. And it's revealing that she is setting up basically a betting 
you know, uh, to see between like the battle, she's like setting up odds between Sukuna versus Gojo. Uh, and a bunch of people are betting on it. So, you know, she's making money, which is good for Mei Mei. Um, meanwhile, Itadori is training with uh, the, I think the vice principal, I think this guy's supposed to be. He's also one of the guys from Shibuya who does like the new shadow art style. Yeah, isn't that the mm-hmm. sword dude? Mm-hmm. It is the sword dude. Um, and he's, I, I guess like this is a page that kind of confused me cause I'm not sure exactly who's saying what in this moment. Cause he says like, he's talking to himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, cause I guess I was confused as to why. Cause he was like mastered Itadori already Itadori. And, uh, and the other guy responds by going Osu. Yeah, I feel it's like an interesting panel. Weird paneling, yeah. Is it that like I don't know? Yeah, I'm so confused. I think Itadori is saying, "Wait, is he saying?" <laughs> That's what I'm confused for because the panel, like the the. I don't bubbles. think Itadori is saying anything aside from that's enough for warming up. And he's like mastered already Itadori, and but but the other guy looks like he's responding. He's saying Osu, unless it's like Mei Mei saying it. Uh, maybe i gave up yeah i guess like, even like the speech bubble above that says that's enough for warming up like the panel's not going to wait who is that Itadori. who is that behind him that's hit that's itadori mm-hmm. behind him what are you talking about when he's on his ass that's not itadori on his ass that's no the... the guy behind him that's itadori so it looks like the speech bubble is going to Itadori. Yeah, it's. I guess it's. It is confusing. So is Itadori saying that's enough for warming up? It looks like it. Yeah, Itadori is saying that, and I think the guy is saying that. I think, and I think he's saying Osu to his own words. Like, damn, you've mastered it already, Osu. No, like, you, you didn't know, master it like, yet. Because he's saying mastered already. All right, so let's just assume that Itadori didn't say this. Yeah, hold on. Let's just let's just assume that this guy is the one who said that. I think they're implying that like Itadori has switched places, like switched bodies with this guy. Huh? Because. I'm, I'm, I wait. Look... Wait. Oh, what does her curse technique do? I don't, I, I don't know if it's switching bodies. I think it's something different, but yeah. Wait, some Japanese made some swaps by switching with Gojo. Yeah, I'm so confused. Because I think he switched bodies with the guy. Wait. That is... If that's true... For what reason? Hmm... Maybe that could be a way for him to kind of hijack Megumi out. 
Maybe he could like, I don't know, get into Megumi's body and fight Sukuna from within. He did. He did trade bodies. How do you know that? I'm like looking on Reddit right now just to literally see if that's like a thing, and see what other people think. Because I just like has Megumi ever has Itadori ever said Os Osu? Uh, that guy. Maybe it's that guy's curse technique. I think he switched bodies with this guy. I think he switched like this guy's technique because we don't know his his like curse technique. It could be switching bodies. Because this is definitely Itadori like referring to himself, looking down. He looks pretty confident. And it's this guy who responds as Osu, which is like, you know, if you remember Hunter Hunter, that kid that goes, Osu in uh, Heaven's Arena. Wait, what the fuck? It's definitely why? not clear and very Jujutsu Kaisen of them to do this. But why? But why swap bodies? What? I think that's going to be explained later, probably. But I don't think I don't think it's going to be explained anytime soon. Well, that's I hope the, it is. That's the sad part. Anyway, moving forward. Part. Sorry for that confusion. What the fuck? Dude, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry for that you confusion. Just, you, Christian, you son of a bitch. You don't get to just do that. We have to. We have to just do that. You don't get to just do that, Christian. You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you make us sit here and look at this page, and then you just drop that on us, and then you're just like, weird. Okay. Anyway. I mean, there's nothing I could do. I just wanted a confirmation. Like, did you switch bodies? It's very weird. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm just like kind of used to this at this point because there's Akutami for better or for worse does this a lot where he's sometimes not very clear about certain things and he doesn't really bother to explain. What's the name of the things. fucking sword guy? Do you know? I don't know his I don't remember his name. Um But anyway, All right, you keep going. All right. Well, there's a little scene between um, Okotsu and uh, Inumaki, um, which was nice. Basically saying that, like, basically explaining is just like, well, you know, it should be fine. It was proven that Sukuna did what he did to you. So he should be in the clear as far as you're concerned. You know, so they're not going to really retaliate against him uh, for the thing that Sukuna did to your body. So it's all good. Uh, and then we cut immediately over to December 24th, which is literally the day of the final battle. So that's surprising. I thought we were going to get a whole mini training arc at least. But nope. Akutami is just like, let's get into it. Let's go. Um, and basically, uh, Kenjaku is like, well, while you're fighting Gojo, I'll pick off calling game players and, uh, you know, uh, until uh, until today, if I had left Sukun aside, Gojo would have killed me. So, But, you know, they're going to be having your hands full with you two. And uh, it leaves me free to do whatever I want. So, later. Um, and then we cut back to the good guys. And everybody's just in a circle before game time. You know, huddling up. And just, like, trying to figure out what to say at this point. Because they are going into... A very precarious situation because the king of curses is out there and he's he's a monster and a half so and their only hope is gojo so basically they're like i mean you know there's nothing really to worry about get gojo's always won before um 
So uh, at that moment, Gojo comes in. Uh, he's got a cloak on. He's ready for battle. The other principal, the rock star principal that killed uh, the Yaguchi, which is, I think his name is Yaguchi, the 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 uh, the main principal guy. He's just yeah, there chilling. So. Like he's cool or something. Like I forgave him for what he did. Uh, Masamichi, I think his name is. Um, but yeah, 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 Masamichi. Yeah, because I just remembered Masamichi gang better ride. Um, and so you know he looks pretty intense, and uh, Itadori is like, "Sensei, your curse technique's in the way." And then uh, Gojo snaps out of his intensity and he flops off his cape. He's like, give it to me. And they all give him a good slap on the back uh, to motivate him in a cool Hajime no Ippo-esque moment. They did this to Takamura and Ippo as well. That was pretty cool. Everybody's like, let's go, let's go. You know, ace. <laughs> uh, ace. Ace. Uh, so, you know, everybody's cheering him on and uh, he's like, yeah, I got this. And uh, the next panel is Sukuna looking evil as usual. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, oh, my God. We spent probably a little bit too much time on this chapter, <laughs> to be fair. But uh, still, a lot went down. Uh, very excited for this. Uh, Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 222? Josh? Are you muted by chance? Well, Brian, do you want to go first then? Oh, I was muted. I'm sorry, oh, guys. Oh, there you go. I was I was muted on the phone, but not <laughs> muted on Discord. Weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> what I was saying was, I was startled by this chapter because of how fast everything is moving, um, and that Gigi. He, he does this so often where he makes, he dedicates an entire chapter as like an actual setup. Like this is like a fucking trailer or something like that. You know, like it, it's uh, almost advertisement for the next chapter mm-hmm. in, 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 in a way. Because we went straight from Gojo being within the clutches of, of, uh, of Sukuna and uh, Kenjaku, and he just, we don't know how he got up out of there. I'm going to assume he just left because they couldn't stop him, but it's weird. It's, he just jumped. And like Chris said, there was no training arc or anything like that. There was no like time to kind of like, you know, uh, 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 marinate with the fact that Gojo came back. It's all so sudden, and it's giving me the vibe that he's about to get smoked. I think Brian's right. I think I think uh, I think Sakuna is gonna gonna kill our guy, man. Damn. And he's gonna have a moment of weakness. And he's gonna rip his fucking eyes out. It's gonna be crazy. Oh my god. I I really think he's gonna do that release Megumi for like a split second and then retake control again kind of thing. Imagine Gojo just punches him right That's in the exactly what I was thinking. That anyway. <laughs> That's what exactly what I was thinking. Is like, what if Gojo just smacks the shit out of him regardless? 
anyway. He's like, ah, so sorry, Magumi, you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, then that's that's too damn bad. That's too damn bad. <laughs> um, that's that's the extent of my thoughts, honestly. Uh, Brian, anything stick out to you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair. If we're gonna get on My Hero Academia for rushing, then we can get on Jujutsu Kaisen for it. I did. Like that. This is in. That's an insane amount of pace right now. Like this is way faster than than My Hero was. If we're being one hundred percent honest, like they jumped from uh, Gojo being released to final arc within one chapter. It, that's actually crazy. How much time did they skip? Like a month? Two months? A month. Couple weeks. Yeah, probably close to a couple weeks because it was already the end of November when when the, like when they set the date. So it probably would have been like three weeks. We didn't even get oh, I thought a it was point. Dark. We didn't even get a time where Gojo and them Gojo just sat down with the team and just talked to them. Like we didn't get to see them reunite. We just saw them like leaving. Like it's kind of like I like this chapter. Don't get me wrong, but like that's all sad. It made me feel sad because it's like you know Gege was looking is looking to you know end the series. Of course, like they want the series to um to wrap up sometime this year actually. Um, and it feels like. You know why? Why the rush? Why the hassle? I guess they want to get onto another series or like maybe do some something else. But I don't know. You got a good thing going. Like you know, finish it on your on your own terms, not like fucking zooming like because you feel like you have to meet a deadline or like a requirement. Like this don't feel right. I like I like the series. This is still a good chapter, regardless of the fucking like rush. But goddamn, give 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 Jujutsu Kaisen some more respect. But that's all. Uh, that's all I got. This was my really good chapter of the week. I'll say that. I think I decided. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. What did the audience say? The audience. Th- this was tied with One Piece for the really good chapter of the week. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you guys want to vote for your favorite series and uh, and avoid ties, uh, we subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I put up the poll uh, every week, and uh, you guys vote on your favorite chapter. But uh, between it is. Between Jujutsu Kaisen and One Piece, uh, they are tied at 50% each. So, um, kudos to both. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit before I say that Jujutsu Kaisen is exactly being rushed. I feel like a lot of information is being left out purposefully. Uh, in regards to everybody's training, especially since, you know, the stuff with Itadori is so vague that I can't imagine that Akutami is not going to expound upon it later. Because there's no, I have no earthly idea what he could be mastering. So I don't think that's, I feel like he, 
the 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 skip was more to create a shroud of mystery. Um, it is like maybe it is a little disappointing that we don't get the uh, a training arc outright, but I feel like that might be explained a little better in flashbacks and whatnot like that. So I'm gonna give it a little time before I say that it's a rush. Um. Jujutsu Kaisen, like My Hero Academia, I feel like they they were both on similar timing where they were like, we both wanted to make relatively short series, you know, comparative to like the traditional long running series that are like 500, 700 chapters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like they have that mindset. Uh, I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen has like some pacing issues itself. I think it always has to degree. It's not as noticeable as my hero academia because I feel like my hero academia had a bigger world has, or has a bigger world than Jujutsu Kaisen does. And I can, I feel a lot more has been skated by on my hero academia's terms than Jujutsu Kaisen, just cause Jujutsu Kaisen's world is so small. Um, mm. But I think I still think that there's still a lot uh, Akutami ten uh, w- probably intends to go into. You know, we don't know Kenjaku's backstory. We don't know Sukuna's backstory really. Uh, I think there's more to Sukuna that me- that meets the eye, and I think we're gonna see a lot of that. Uh, yeah, the jump the jump is startling to me too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like giving a little bit of uh leeway to Jujutsu Kaisen to just see where it's going and if it all of a sudden seems like it's accelerating too much then I'll definitely like be on that side where like all right you're going a little too quick but you know it's not like there's like a big group of villains there's really three antagonists left (laughs) uh so uh and one of them is very weak (laughs) comparative to the other two um I will say that Kenjaku has his own battles. I feel like he's going to go up against Higuruma because he's going off killing calling game mem- players. And I can't help but think that he's going to go up against Higuruma at some point. Hmm. Uh, that would be really interesting. I'd love that. Yeah, I, I just I think that there's still a lot of possibility for what's going on here. There's still a lot of battle that needs to go down. We don't know what the other supporting characters are exactly going to do. So, you know, I, 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 that's why I'm like kind of pumping the brakes. I understand the, the idea that it is rough because I also got whiplash from the (laughs) sudden time jump. And I was like, Whoa, but this is like the second time that Jujutsu Kaisen has like exceeded my, or not exceeded, but like, has betrayed my expectations of how long something will take. Because mm-hmm. I remember back then, like before Gojo was released, it's like, I wonder if they're going to have to do something special to get Gojo out. And not really. <laughs> the answer was no. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know. I'll wait. I'm in wait and see mode with Jujutsu right now because we are in the final arc and I think Akotami has made that clear. I think he does want to end it and I'd rather series i feel like this is akutami ending it on his own terms as opposed to just kind of like prolonging it just for the fuck of it because i feel like that's a track record that hasn't very well been successful 
series going longer than they really should. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm all I'm all for the idea of authors if they feel like they're kind of like you know, I'm getting close to the end of my rope here and I just want to finish. Not to like accelerate plans and 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 jump right into it, but you know, if you're feeling the end is near, then please go for it. I mean, I'd rather it end like this on a peak note than become bleach. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying draw out the series, but like, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm going to say this. I would I, I like you were saying draw out the series. I would say that it's not close to over. I feel like there's still a lot to go. Just cuz Just cuz like if he's, if he's trying to end the series by the end of the year. I feel like a lot of authors say that because people ask the question and, you know, I don't think there's certain terms for how long a story will take to finish. I think they have their estimations. Their Akutami to just have an answer for the question is like in theory <laughs> the amount of story I have left in my brain right now is the rest of this year, but it could be more or less depending on how like the chapters naturally pace out as I'm drawing them, you know? I I never take these as like exact measurements of time they really have it's just like the benchmark is like this year but i wouldn't be i feel like i wouldn't be surprised if it went into next year because we're already at summer i feel like there's still a lot to go with this and a little bit with my hero as well i wouldn't be surprised if both of these series kind of reach to early 2024 but i also wouldn't uh about a year ago I would have been astounded from both answers <laughs> that Jujutsu would be ended anytime soon and that my hero would still be running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't really like take those estimations to heart just because people are always asking that, you know, just like, when do you think your series is going to end? It's like, I don't know, man, a year, five years. They haven't drawn it yet. So I feel like when you draw a series, when you're like doing layouts and you know your panels and what you want to emphasize and how much space each moment takes on a page has a, a drastic impact on how long your story really goes for you know it's hard to tell but i'm excited overall um i think we're going to get some pretty dope fights it's going to be Fight Central from here on out. Uh, yeah, Beat Down City. Yeah, it's going to, yeah. It's going to take you. Oh, so we we take on, we taking votes on who's going to win? <laughs> I'm sure. voting. I'm, I'm uh, voting. Sukuna, don't know his last name. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the safe bet would be Sukuna. But I think like. Akutami could be a maverick sometimes. So I'm holding on hope that Sukuna possesses Gojo. I think it's a f- interesting story twist that Gojo beats Sukuna here and now, although I don't know how likely that really is. I think it'll be more like Gege to have everybody team up to fight Gojo instead. Maybe that's entirely possible. 
Yeah, I think for me, just because like uh, Gojo has been such a beast, and he's. Such... I mean, if you think about it, Gojo and Sakuna are the strongest of their generations, right? Mm-hmm. So they're basically the same person, right? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we don't know. We don't know the full extent of either of their abilities to really make a strong claim one or another. Which one who's gonna win? And it's debatable, like, you. I mean, I guess you could say that Sukuna is the main antagonist, but, you know, Kenjaku is, like, the mover and the shaker here. Yeah. Doesn't have to be about combat with him, though. But, there, but there's also, like, Sukuna seems to have his own little thing going that's a little subtler. And he may not have the same goal as Kenjaku, but he has something going on, I think. Maybe Okotsu is going after uh, Kenjaku. Or maybe Itadori. I don't know somebody yeah either way i mean you can't just go on like ignored yeah. i actually meant to talk about that real quick because I, I like he i think that's going to be the biggest result out of this contest between what happens with kenjaku and uh i mean with um uh getso and sakuna i think it's going to be what kenjaku does in the meantime while everyone's distracted mm-hmm yeah, I think that's what the other characters are going to be doing, though. I feel like everybody else is going after Kenjaku. And they're putting all their faith on uh, on Gojo to take care of Sukuna. I think Gojo's going to win the fight. That would be good. I think Sukuna's going to ultimately win, though. Yeah, I, I, I have... I can't... I can't say one way or another. Jujutsu Kaisen has a tendency to subvert expectations. So. Who knows, really? But yeah, I mean, that's all I really got to say about Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, does anybody have any rebuttals, anything? Nope. All right. Well, that being said, uh, let us move And film your pick Nina to Kyra me so I can't chat. Undead unluck. And with that, I'm gonna pass it over to Josh. Thanks, Chris. Um, mm -hmm. I'm waiting for my phone to load up the chapter. No, okay. That I neglected to before, but we can talk about what happened last week on Undead Unluck. Yes. Um, the team got to understand Phil and his space experience a little bit better his mom put him in a robot body when he was young because he got sick instead of taking him to an earth hospital because he was on a space station yeah. born so he's in that predicament but their ship was attacked by creatures but they're not sure if it's umas aliens or or just technology, maybe from another country. Who knows? Mm -hmm. From that country. Anyway, um, are we finished loading up yet? I did. Yeah, you tell okay, me. Okay, so. Anyway. Chapter 158. Um, well, we start where the last chapter ended, where they got into a conflict. Um, with the uh, creatures in that I just mentioned before, that's attacking the ship, and they uh, well, Phil helped them understand that the only way to beat them 
is by like kind of destroying them from inside. They're uh, like, that's where they're most vulnerable. And like, you know, you can't really kill them with conventional means. Like you have uh Fugo shooting and um, Undercrease are just unloading on these guys. And um, it, it, all it's doing is kind of holding them back. Uh, so they're doing that and they're trying to make it to the elevator so they can uh, exit and head down to where Phil's mom is being uh, being held down. And right as they get into the elevator, you see one of these creatures get slammed, get slammed into the door and get sliced in half, which is actually really impressive uh, of the door's technology. I guess it is supposed to be an airtight seal, but it sliced right through them. Yeah. So that was rather incredible. Um, the crazy thing is after I got chopped, it still was moving towards Phil. Um, but it died uh, on, you know, in midair on its way to him. Uh, keep that for note, guys. Um, Fuko and the team are uh, still trying to come to grips with, with like, what they just fought and, uh, you know, what how they're going to deal with them in the future without Phil having to sacrifice his robot body. Um, they also come to terms that it's not a Uma because Umas disappear and the little things that they leave around like uh, just dissipate. Um, so it's most likely an alien species. Very creepy. Yeah. Very sci-fi horror-ish. I don't like that they're bugs. I mentioned that last week. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. It's too not good. a fan. Not a fan. Um, so, you know, they come to the resolution. We're going to keep our eye out for uh, weak points and stay on top of shit. Um, all right, cool. Uh, while they're having this conversation, Phil kind of approaches uh, Unseen, and he's like, so, like, What's sad? <laughs> Which is a, what a crazy thing to ask. What is sad? What is sad? Like, damn, bro, you do you know what happy is? Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, right. If you don't know what sad is, I guess. Um, but uh, he actually takes this moment to kind of be a big brother in a sense, and he's he opens up to him. He's like, well, you know, I remember I was sad when my father died. And it feels like, well, why was that sad? <laughs> he said, why well, was it? Because I wouldn't be able to see him anymore. And the thought of of that, you know, is what makes me sad. It feels like I see. He goes, boop, boop, beep, boop, bop, in his head. Makes some calculations. And then beep, says, beep, 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 boop. Does not compute. Mm. And then it says, I see. Uh, and then... uh. <laughs> Oh, they, they kind of make a revelation here because I, I didn't actually know this, but um, Nico starts uh, talking about how, like, asking, like, has his uh, negation manifested yet? Is unfilled? And Foucault was like, no, to my surprise. And she says, it's because he could talk. So because he could talk, that means he doesn't have unfilled. I, I'm just going to roll with that. Yeah. I'm just gonna roll with that one. Anyway, um, you know, and so it's you know we we have to. I guess it's 
they're going to get to that moment. It's so tragic, man. He's not even going to be able to communicate. It's going to be like, until. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. Um, so they finally make their, after they, you know, the elevator gets down to the floor they need to go. And they get to the room where uh, Phil's mom is being uh, holed up. And there's all these bugs just swarming on the fucking, uh, on the unit. And it's, oh God, it's disgusting. It's like when you're outside, if you have to, if you have to move a garbage can or something, you see a swarm of bugs. Yeah, literally Gross. your worst nightmare. You know what they look yeah. like? They look like one of the neighbor monsters from World Trigger. Yeah, they look like one of those guys too. That's what you were trying to think about last week. Yeah. I'm glad you found it. And, and you're right. It looks just like the big ones. Yeah. I know they have a name. I just don't remember what it is. This is a long time since we've seen one of them. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, big neighbors. <laughs> anyway. Um, right. Unseen screams because he's, you know, it looks disgusting and scary, which is, I probably would have had a reaction myself. Uh, <laughs> They're trying to figure out how the hell they're gonna get get through this. So then they start hearing, um, I guess from a radio. Yeah, they hear uh, from a radio signal the mom calling out for Phil. Like, is uh, is my child safe? Is he okay? Like, where's he at? And they're like, Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Yelling, like breaking the rule he just fucking told unseen not to do, and um. I was like, yo, y'all gotta get up, take my son to get up out of here. It's, it's, it's too late. These bugs are gonna eat us. And as she's like letting them know that, um, the bugs start reacting like really aggressively. And they don't, you know, the, the team doesn't understand why. So Nico tells them all to remain calm. And he's like, you know, they maybe that was what they just reacted to. The mom is apologizing to the film. And she's like, that's what's Sorry for keeping you locked up in the station in the, in the space station. I'm sorry for not bringing you to Earth when you caught the common cold and putting you inside a robot body instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I I dropped the ball there. Yeah, that, that was, was a, uh, that was my bad. That was a poor decision. Yeah, and I am I am I am very sorry for shoving you into that cold body. Yeah, no I don't even know. Frankly, I don't. Know like, I don't even saying. know if you have a heart or even feelings. And it's like, well. I think you do know because you created that body. In human in human bodies, we can maybe I don't know maybe there's some spiritual aspect to it, but you made a robot body, so you should know you're a bad mom. <laughs> you're a bad mom. <sighs> you're you're leading on a scale of one to ten. You're like a four right now, mm. or three, three and a half. I would say I would keep it at four because at least you saved him from the common cold. By shoving him into a robot body. We can't stress the point enough. That <laughs> That's four. That's four. That material. was most likely the reaction. It had. So. <laughs> so Phil was like. Uh, Mom. Before you could tell her she's not a failure or whatever. The team pulls up. Uh, to the to the pod, and they start kicking ass. 
And then I was like, please, like, stop, forget about me, just get up out of here. And Nico says some badass shit. He says, I'll be damned if I'm going to use his mother's death to teach him the meaning of sadness. Because he overheard that little conversation earlier. Yeah. <laughs> about, he doesn't know what, what sad is. He doesn't even have unfeel yet. That's not right. He should, he should know. That's, that doesn't matter. So it's not going to be like this. Um, and as he's screaming and having this reaction, uh, uh, one of the neighbor bugs uh, pull up. And he, reali- he realizes that, oh, I'm being targeted, like, outright. Like, for why? And he starts to have an idea of why that may be. And then Phil comes in and uh, saves him and then does what he loves to do most so far in the second half of the series, which is to sacrifice his robot body. <laughs> um, That's his favorite hobby right now. Very morbid, but he loves it. I like Smash uh, Brothers you know, and sacrificing act- my robot body. Yes. He'd love being a training dummy. Just go ahead. Train your combos on me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Phil, yeah, so. <laughs> That's funny. Phil takes over, like, one of the spears and uses it to get around. <laughs> he actually, you know, and he goes, like, are you trying to die? And he was like, I mean, I'm just trying to save mom. That's all I know. And he talked. Fuko comes in, shoots a fucking bad bullet at one of these creatures. And he's like, all right, if, you, if you're if you sad, like imagine your mom losing you, how sad you would be. You know, the same usual, like, think about it. Your life matters. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, so basically, Nico comes to the realization that they're reacting to uh, emotional responses. And the fact that the bugs are chasing the mom and the uh, robot, the uh, <laughs> Phil the most, is that he, you know, at, you know, aside from his mom, Phil has one of the strongest emotional um, um, activity going on in his brain. Feeling stronger than anyone. So uh, you're worth, he's, he's worthy of saving, confirmed. And the mom, you need to relax. Because... Both of your nature, and that's the end of the chapter. I want to tell you how this right now. I liked it. I liked the chapter. Um, <laughs> it was it was a lot, a lot. You know, it's they could kind of labor the point about caring and 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 stuff, but it's not a bad message. So I'm not gonna be angry about it. But it was nice. I I, I actually really liked how they um how they confirmed that he did have feelings because the creatures was uh, coming after him. I like that a lot. That was a sweet way to confirm that he's more than just a robot. Yeah. He is not 100%. Yeah, he is definitely not 100% robot. I thought it was like a sweet moment uh, that them having history with Phil being the unfeel negator them just seeing him as he is now they're just like i don't is is does he already have it and it's really just he has the emotions he just doesn't really know how to express them or he he doesn't identify them really he knows that like the synapses are firing in his in his brain but he really just doesn't understand or can't like 
quantify it really. So I guess the same way a regular child doesn't understand it, and you have to explain to them what their feelings are. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's normal. Yeah, especially when I guess you do a body transfer of this magnitude, it's probably not going to be the same where you there's like a physical response to your emotions where it's more, it's all happening in the brain as opposed to, you know, you being able to, I guess the involuntary things like frowning and crying, uh, stuff like that, or it's kind of like closed off is like if it's the, it's that physical embodiment of emotion is I think what the robot body takes away from Phil as opposed to him really feeling things. Mm. So, I think like that's what really like threw everybody off at first. It's just he he can't express the emotion, but he's definitely having them. Um. But yeah, uh, were those all your thoughts, Josh? Yeah, that was the most. Uh, that was the biggest thought I had. Yeah, uh, I agree. I thought it was like a a sweet little chapter, to be honest. I love Nico taking like kind of the big brother role. <laughs> I think it's very endearing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the that that's a that's such a great line is I'll be damned if I'm going to use a mother's death to teach him the meaning of sadness. Uh, right. You know, he's right. There are better examples. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't need this. Yeah, like you know, not not if it can be helped. Yeah, you know, like not having ice cream when you want it. That's sad. That's a it's a way easier way to teach him the meaning of sadness. Uh, you know, stuff like that, more harmless examples of emotions as opposed to the sacrifice of his mom when they can still save her. Uh so yeah, Nico's been kind of cool to watch, you know, just kind of like cuz he is like this underneath all the logic and science, he is this little bleeding heart in a sense. He does, he does care greatly about folks. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about it. I thought it was a nice chapter overall. Uh, any rebuttals or anything, Josh? Nope. All righty, then. Well, that was Undead Unluck, then. And that has been our show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on uh, Instagram at New Jeff City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, check him out when, he, when he's streaming at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Uh, email the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please do so. That would be super cool. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, leave a comment if you prefer to do that instead of emailing let, let us know what you think of the show uh, I know we're not fully operational on a video uh, on video terms quite yet but uh, I, I we would still appreciate the support and uh, you checking us out and all that stuff so please subscribe to our YouTube like share all that stuff uh, or if you prefer audio podcasts and you just want to take us on the go, you don't have like that YouTube premium thing where you can listen offline. Uh, no problem. We're pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music. Uh, you pick a platform, we're probably on there. Uh, and uh, that that's it, I think. 
at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram and uh, TikTok. I think I mentioned that. But mm-hmm. yeah, ain't it. nothing wrong with a double plug. What? Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with a double plug. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay, stay safe, New Jump Citizens. Peace out, yeah. Bogart, Bogart, Bogart. That's his name. Not Bellingham. Brogard. With a R? B R? Bogard. Bogard. How do I spell it? B O G A R D. Bogard. He will be lit. He is going to be a lit character. He will be lit. <laughs> he will be lit. <laughs>